0: Good morning, and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and we are here to help you, empower you, our listeners, every time we do the show, to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. That's what we are called to do. That's what we try to do each time we get on the air. And we're excited about every opportunity that we get to do so. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do that. A uh, primary way, if you want to get your thoughts, comments, uh, live on the air, you can do so by calling the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to call if you want to get uh, uh, articulate your thoughts live on the air. And the chat room is open. We're trying to, uh, we've been having difficulty with that for a while, but we got that up and running. So you can also get in live in the chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com, click on that link, and you'll be able to get in the chat room. Also, you're free to join us on our social media outlets uh, on Facebook. Uh, go to the Zero our Network page, and you can listen to all the archive shows that's on there. You can also show your thoughts uh, on that page. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show handle is at Zero Radio. At Zero Radio, that's the show handle. My personal handle is at Prophesy, P-R-O-P-H-E-P-S-I. That's for Kappa Kappa Psi. <laughs> and also, uh, hit us up on our email, my personal email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com. So, those are the ways that you can get in touch with us on social media and any other way that you're available. Also, visit the website. Uh, LorenzoTNeo.com And uh, check us out The writings that we have there and and stories we have All that kind of stuff Uh, And you can order a copy of my book Breach in the Family also And uh, other merch that may be available But anyway, we're glad that you're here Uh, Glad that you're listening in to us this week Um, This is an exciting week Because it's my birthday week Saturday will be my birthday Saturday, May 28th will be my birthday I'll be turning 41 and, uh, yeah I don't look it but I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> so uh those will be Memorial Day weekend so we want to take the time to acknowledge um as we go before we go further in the show to acknowledge those veterans who uh well those who gave up their lives in service to our country in every uh war both foreign and domestic um we want to take a moment to honor them, their legacy, and thank them for uh, giving the ultimate sacrifice for this great United States of America. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for this day, this wonderful day that you've made. Thank you for those who gave their life in defense of this country and the freedoms and liberties that we so wonderfully enjoy. We celebrate you and them. Now God let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Christ, our Redeemer's name. Amen. As I said before, I'm excited because it's my birthday uh week. And um, hey, I, I <laughs> I'm glad about it. I am really glad about it. I'm trying to figure out what exactly to do. Last year I I, I had a little fortieth birthday party, you know, not, nothing big. Uh and I really don't have anything planned to do this year, but hey, I'm going to do something. I have to do something if it's nothing but order a small cake and nibble off of it for the rest of the week <laughs> or a couple of days. But anyway, got an exciting show topic that uh, we'll be talking about. And then, of course, it is conference and convention season. So we'll be talking about some of the conferences and convention denominational uh, conventions and meetings that will be going on during this summer and um, uh, if you know of any that I may not address, uh, that's fine. you can call in and share or send me an email or text or whatever however um, you do. We, we you know we're going to be talking about that uh, but before but before we get into the the day the topic of the day, Let's get into some of the headlines of the day. Uh, There's a couple of things that I, as I was skirmishing about, I came across a story that I really didn't, didn't even know. Uh, any of you are probably familiar with Bishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, Desmond Tutu is a world-renowned leader in the faith, in the Anglican Church, as well as a great leader in Social justice uh, in African affairs and around the world for human causes. He's one of the greatest humanitarians uh, alive today. And um, he's a retired bishop in the Anglican Anglican Church, which is uh, part of the Church of England and uh, here in the States, the Episcopal Church. They're all the same communion. And um, uh, he has a daughter. His daughter, I can't even, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce her name, Mufo Tutu, I think that's her name. I, well, his daughter uh, entered the ministry and she was in, the, she was ordained an Anglican priest. She followed in the father's footsteps, uh, but recently she announced that she is leaving uh, the ministry, the priesthood, because she got married. Well, you know, I don't, you know, most people think, well, you got married. That's that's not a reason to leave. Well, it's not, it's who she married. She married uh, another woman. The daughter, according to the Guardian, the daughter of one of the world's most renowned and best-known Christian leaders has given up her right to officiate as a priest in South Africa following marriage to her female partner. Ah. Mofo, Mofo, well, Miss Tutu. Uh, And, you know, Bishop Desmond Tutu is a Nobel uh, laureate, Nobel Peace Prize laureate. And um, he uh, he discovered his his wife, I mean, his daughter's lover, and uh he blessed them, he gave the father's blessing, but because um because the Anglican church still uh shares like most uh uh christianity uh the i the belief that marriage is between a man and a woman, uh she chose to leave the priesthood. Now, what makes this interesting is the marriage dynamic, of course. Uh, Ms. Tutu is black. Her uh, her wife, her partner is now, her now partner is white. Um, not only is she white, but she's not a Christian. Uh, uh, Ms. Tutu announced that her wife is German and an atheist. And that's really, <laughs> that's really, really interesting. You know, um, it's just amazing um, that 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 they're together. But you know, this the saying is that opposites attract attract. Uh, and the South African church, just like uh, the church here in, in the states, is still divided over this issue. You know, many LGBT issues uh, is it's you know causing a lot of friction. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, later on, but uh, uh, in 2006, uh, the Anglican Church in South Africa, uh, which teaches that a marriage is between a man and woman, uh, during their during their uh, conference, their meeting this year, will decide, you know, how to handle those persons who have entered into same-sex civil unions. Or civil marriages as they're called in South Africa. So it's really interesting. You have uh this this interesting dynamic and relationship and this person has chosen to renounce her calling uh for love. Would you do that? I think I think it was a noble act on her part, considering that the church is still kind of uh wrestling with this issue and and the United Methodists is wrestling with this. Um, it has not come to the front of most black churches yet. And I, I'm quite sure a lot of black churches will be wrestling with this, a lot of black denominations. Well, let me put it this way. Maybe uh, uh, mainline black denominations like us Methodists. We will be wrestling with this. I, don't, I doubt very seriously if the Baptists would even address it, because most of them still don't care for women in ministry to begin with. But, uh, <laughs> and most of their pastors are male, and if they're, well, that's a whole different, discussion. I'm not even going to give it. But it's just an interesting uh, dynamic that brings into, that, that, that brings into consideration uh, the dilemma that those who are same-gender-loving persons face, uh, same-gender-loving persons in ministry face. And this is it's interesting. I'm, I'm using the word because I don't know if any other thing how to articulate it. And, you know, that's just the best way I can articulate it. Uh, of course, we do wish her well um, as best as could be. um but it's an interesting. But the Anglican Church in South Africa did give, uh, although they do not condone or endorse the the, the the union, the marriage. They did give uh, Bishop Tutu uh, the the right to or the ability to give a father's blessing, which he did. He gave a father's blessing, and uh, that doesn't that that was neither an endorsement. Or condoning uh, Is just saying that That's his daughter And he uh, He loves his daughter So it is what it is We we'll want to see how that We we'll want see how that affects um, And you can learn more about this You can go to uh, the Guardian uh, Christian Post And you'll find several stories uh, uh, About that um, Now on the domestic front uh, a few weeks ago, you heard the story about uh, Pastor Jabal Bryant, a renowned pastor here in the states for what he's been doing in the area of social justice and pastor at uh, Empowerment Temple African Methodist Episcopal Church in Baltimore, Maryland. And of course, the news was leaked a few weeks ago that he fathered a child or allegedly followed a child uh, outside of wedlock. Um, last year, and of course people were calling calling him out about that he's neither denied nor affirmed uh whether the story is is true or not um but he did a, a periscope video just saying that uh, uh there's a you know legal counsels advising him not to uh speak about the matter at the present. There was a piece written by. Uh, someone trying to pull it up uh, uh, in essence is it essence or yeah essence magazine uh the author demetria lucas the oily i think i said her name right yeah anyway uh you can go to the old black church uh blogspot.com and you can see the story but what is saying? Well, she, she wrote an article for Essence, and I thought it was a well written article. Uh, the question is asking why, why people make an excuse for Pastor Jamal Bryant. And in the article, she articulates the, the very, very apparent double standard of ministry expectations between men in ministry and women in ministry and she 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 states that uh based on prior uh history uh Pastor Bryant has you know been given a a lot of slack uh when it comes down to what would be considered immoral behavior, and that they're not holding him up to a particular standard of expectation as they would hold up, say. A woman in ministry who had done something similar. If a woman pastor had uh, had an affair while she was married and gotten pregnant, uh, of course they would have, you know, they would have thrown all kinds of stones at her. And then if she had, if a woman pastor who was single had gotten pregnant, then they would do the same. And I know women. I have, I have, I have friends and acquaintances in ministry who does have to. Uh women in ministry who have gotten pregnant and were all but shunned by their male leadership in the church. But the Lord, you know, the Lord came to their aid and the rescue and uh you know restored them. It wasn't the restoration by man, it was the restoration by God. But she addresses the the seemingly double standard in ministry that a lot of people have, and I I, I agree with her. I, I I agree. You know I, I can't I can't argue against uh, what she presents, and I think we should hold all clergy uh, to a, a different standard not a higher state. well I won't say higher state because I know myself and as well you know when you when you're well differentiated aware of this differentiation you know well differentiated person you understand your your flaws you, and you, you, you try to be transparent as possible and authentic as possible you know you you you're able to kind of share that but a lot of people aren't you know, a lot of members don't want you to be. They, they want to put you on a pedestal, and they don't want you to come down. And when I was a kid preacher, that's how it was, you know. And But still, today, you still see those male pastors who, who, who you know, they just, <laughs> they did what they did. Let me put it that way. They did what they did. They got what they got. And, you know, they were never really openly rebuked. And they're still serving in positions of leadership, and, and yet if they had been, it's the double standard. If they had been female, you know, uh, the rebuke probably would have come quicker, sharper, and little to no efforts to really uh, restore such a one in love. So, so you, i to go check out that article. Uh, and again, I said you can find the link. You can find the link in the old black church. Blackchurchblogspot.com talks about that. And of course, there's several other stories that really uh, I wish I could get into, but it's plenty, plenty of them that's going on. And uh, yeah, check them out. Me. Also, again, we want to extend congratulations to uh, the Reverend Dr. Tony Evans, who is the pastor of the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church in Dallas, Texas, reaching a milestone of 40 years uh, in ministry uh, there with um, Oak Cliff Bible Study, the Urban Alternative. I've been to his church many a times, <laughs> and I tell you, I have the deepest uh, admiration for Dr. Tony Evans uh, and his wife for what they've done to impact uh, the Oak Cliff, especially South Oak Cliff, uh, the Oak Cliff area in Dallas. They've done a tremendous, tremendous job. And if you ever go in Oak Cliff, I mean the entire, probably the whole, that whole block. But I, I, I go so far to say, just about the entire portion of the neighborhood is owned by that church and the things that they do. And resources that they provide to their community is immeasurable in ways. And we, we celebrate Dr. Evans, prolific author, scholar, pastor, and a great man of God for uh, 40 great years in, in in ministry in the Dallas area. So, so I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back from the break. We'll get into the topic for the day and I wanna be eh, you know, try not to be too long. Uh, so be right back after this. <laughs> wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself, to go where I'm needed, to keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com. Farmers we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to Farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are Farmers. Bum da, da, bum 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 bum. bum. Those of you who have listened to my show uh, realize that... Uh, About a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents, but then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers, that's Guarded 24 hours a day seven days a week I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up and here's the good thing I I didn't have to worry about retrieving the media because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world so if if, if you, you feel like you're gonna lose your stuff I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Welcome back to Zero. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. and we are back, and we are excited about all that's happening today. Before we get back, I didn't get a chance to um, get this quick announcement in. Um, I'm part of uh, a great organization of pastors, clergy, lay, who who love the country and love the people and are... uh, who who are on a spectrum as moderate political uh, conservative, you know, whatever. Concerned about the black family, concerned about Christianity, and all those things. And it's the Douglas Leadership Institute, and I want to invite you to participate in the Douglas Inst- Douglas <laughs> Douglas Leadership Institute. Uh, go to their go to the website uh, dlinstitute.org, and you can find things. Find out about the organization. We're, uh, we are people uh, and community leaders of faith, and we want to empower urban communities. And you can find some a lot of things going on. We're going to be uh, there's going to be and again holding uh, it's going to be held up in Washington D.C. Uh, July July 9th through the 4th, through the 11th. And you, know, you know, if you're concerned about. The state of Black America things of nature. I want to invite you to uh, make your voice known. Head up to the event sponsored by the Douglas Leadership In- Institute. Uh, the Reverend uh, Dean Nelson serves as chairman of this great organization, and they're putting on a wonderful event that will be have uh, that will have a, a great uh, a great crossroads of speakers and people who want to share and empower our. Our African-American community. So I just thought I'd put a plug in there for that, uh, plug in there for that, and get into the topic of the day. All right, thank you for allowing me to do that little plug. So it is convention season. It's the summertime. Schools are about to get out. Kids about to be free. And churches and denominations are about to hold their meetings. Uh, United Methodist Church just closed their annual conference that was held in Oregon. And uh, you got the Southern Baptist Convention that will be holding their annual meeting uh, in St. Louis. Was it Cincinnati? No. It, yeah, wherever it is going to be. <laughs> uh, you have the Church of God in Christ that's going to be holding their uh, auxiliaries and Ministry meeting, and I think that is in Cincinnati. Yeah, all right. And then you have the great African Methodist Episcopal Church, that will be holding its 200th anniversary of the initial uh, general conference, the 40th quadrennial meeting Of The General Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church That's going to be held I know where that's going to be held That's going to be held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania (laughs) You have the full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship They're going to be having their annual meeting You have the National Baptist Convention USA That's going to be having their Christian education meeting And so forth and so on So there's a lot of church meeting that's going to be going on (coughs) Excuse me for a second. A lot of church meetings that's going to be going on. And you would think folks would be tired, but, man, sometimes these meetings can go on, and sometimes there's a lot that goes on, and sometimes there's little that goes on, and sometimes there's a lot of scandal that goes on. (laughs) But nonetheless, uh, denominations have been using these annual meetings for a variety of purposes, and my question is, how do these how do these conferences, these conventions, really influence the Christian vocation? What do they do to affect the behavior and the beliefs of the average person, the average Christian? What do they do? You know, because the reality is, a lot of people don't go to these. You know, a lot of them don't go to the national or international meetings. Uh, mostly some of them just can't afford to go. Uh, but you've uh, seen condensed versions of these now it called you know what used to be called a revival is now called a conference. And because you have a, a large and growing segment of American Christendom that is independent and unaffiliated with a de- denomination. But they have independent associations, fellowships, all kinds of stuff like that. And they have their various convocations, you know, throughout the year, holy convocations or whatever it may be called. But summer is usually the time, <coughs> excuse me, summer is usually the time that most of them have their meetings. So what really happens at these meetings? That Let's discuss that. What really happens at these these convocations, these general board meetings? Uh, uh, well, I know the Kojiks have their general board meetings later on in, in the fall, but the convocations, the conventions, the annual or general conferences like we have in Methodism, uh, what really happens? Now, I can speak from Methodism. You know, Methodists, we really busy. <laughs> we are. Always busy when we have our, our general board meeting, which is every every summer, and general conference, which meets every four years. Instead, we don't we don't meet we meet annually as a board, but uh, uh, quadrennially every four years as a connectional church. And so I, you know, I'm familiar with stuff like that. But you know, most uh, most really they have business sessions, but they don't really have business sessions because they you know, they function as a denomination without having to function as an organism. Whereas when you have connectional churches like the Episcopal Church or the Catholic Church or uh, the Methodist Church that function as a connectional organism. So it's a lot that that goes on regarding church legislation and business. So I I just wanted to know sometimes what goes on. Now I was at when I was a kid uh, or younger, I used to go to most of the, <laughs> the Baptist Association meetings, uh, you know, I went to all of them, just about, especially at the state level, and uh, I remember being at the very first uh, full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship uh, conference, uh, and then I, one of the first AIM meeting, the Kojic AIM meetings, that was at meeting, the auxiliary, and I, I think it's only been going on that particular part. Uh, arm of the Church of God in Christ. It's only been going on maybe about 20 years, if that. But I remember being at one of the first meetings that they had uh, while I was in college. Uh, So, you know, these things are summer activities to kind of give kids a thing to to do. When I was in school, uh, the Louisiana Baptist State Convention sponsored youth encampment, the annual youth encampment. We were it was held on the campus of Southern University, and, and uh, I think at one time, maybe even rambling, but Southern, was back when I was going, was Southern. Matter of fact, we're having a reunion for the, uh, the Louisiana Baptist Youth encampment and, and there's going to be a bunch of folks from around the country who will be, this weekend, will be coming into Louisiana to kind of be a little bit nostalgic. <laughs> Matter of fact, I... I share this because I accepted my call to preach at 12 years old at the closing of the national, I mean, of, of the the state Baptist youth encampment. So you know that's a bit sentimental for me. <laughs> but um, when I when I think about when I when I think about these meetings. I think about the significance, particularly as it describes to black churches. Uh, How how difficult it was at one time for us to travel and that was made these meetings worth it because you got, you know, it was an investment coming there, getting there, and experiencing what you were experiencing to take it back to your local assembly. So there was a lot that that went on and there is a lot that goes on at the national level for these meetings but again like i said most persons who are affiliated in mainstream uh mainline denominations protestant denominations, baptist methodist etc uh the average person the average lay person uh and sometimes many of the clergy don't attend the national meetings for whatever reason um but it's an opportunity for The governing bodies of these communions, reformations, denominations, whatever you want to call them. It's an opportunity for them to really look at their denomination and deal with the issues. Uh, For this, uh, the United Methodists, again, they just closed their general conference uh, last week. And one of the biggest issues that they had to wrestle with was this the, the idea of same-sex clergy and same-sex marriage. And this is something they've been wrestling with for at least the last 40 years. And within the last 20 years, it's gotten very heightened. Um, and within the last uh, year or so, two years or so, it's really been intense as one of their own, uh, several of their own, have gone against church law and performed Uh, same-sex marriages. And uh, there was some interesting things, uh, some interesting legislation that was put forth, both by their their lay body, their lay organization body. Uh, One in particular was about (laughs) uh, bishops reappointing incompetent pastors, you know, giving them, keep sending them to churches, and knowing that these pastors are incompetent and they're 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 doing more harm than good and yet they're continually because they're guaranteed an appointment and so i'm uh so they you know they were they were like they were really pressing, look, don't guarantee appointments and I don't know if that passed or not, but it was certainly something very interesting. The other thing was uh there was there was um, fear that this issue. Over same-sex clergy, same-sex marriage, would actually lead to a split in the, the connectional United Methodist Church. And, but well, good news is there was no split. <laughs> they are still a connectional body. Bad news is that the Board of Bishops, the Council of Bishops, did not make a decision regarding stand what the church's stance should be you know they could not come to a unified voice on either one of the merit one of the issues and because of that you know the church is left wondering how to go forth and it's going to um, continue on for another four years so things like that is 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 uh, how these churches how these denominations really, grapple with being relevant in an age that things, things and times are, are changing. So that's interesting. Now, the Southern Baptist Convention will be meeting in a couple of weeks. And at their annual meeting, uh, and their pastor, uh, Dr. Ron Floyd, who I know and I had the opportunity to meet when uh, when I was pastoring in Arkansas, um uh, uh, they are they're wrestling with this this issue of racism. And Dr. Floyd, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, Ronnie Floyd, and Dr. Uh, uh, Jerry—I can't think of his last name. <laughs> That's sad. He he's a pastor here in, in, in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, <laughs> but he's the he's the president of the National Convention. Convention USA, and they've been collaborating over the last um, couple of years, a, at least the last year, definitely, um, working on the issue of racial reconciliation. And we've had two events where both of them uh, came together here in the city of Jackson, uh, and you know, to address the the seriousness of race and. Um, so, that is one of the things that they're going to be doing at their national meeting. Uh, they're going to have a national conversation on racial unity. And uh, uh, Dr. Floyd, along with Dr. Jerry Young, <laughs> that's sad. Dr. Jerry Young, <laughs> pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, and uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Marshall Blaylock, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Charleston, South Carolina, of course, where, you know, Mother Emanuel is, they will be leading this discussion on uh, racial unity. And that's, and I'm really glad that they're including this as part of their uh as part of their agenda during this meeting, and they're not just—you know—it's not just going to be a panel discussion. This is a really serious issue, and it's serious for them in two ways. One, uh, a report just came out that the uh, the convention, the Southern Baptist Convention, will um, allow missionaries who are missionaries in the continent of Africa, South. And uh, South America and other countries where uh, those groups speak in tongues, they will allow those missionaries who will have that gift to produce, to exercise that gift. So that, that was a major step for the Southern Baptist Convention. And the Southern Baptist Convention is on the decline, although it is the largest denomination in America, it is on the decline. And they're trying to, you know, revive their their Reformation and they're trying to attract you know, new members. When I was affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, we we had effort to bring in black pastors and I worked hard in doing that and we were successful in having some pastors come in and be duly affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention as well as the National Baptist Convention, Progressive National Baptist Convention, uh whatever, you know. They were able to do uh, have dual affiliation, so this is one way that they are addressing that, and I, I'm really glad that they are doing it. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. I, I I encourage you if you don't if if you really want to follow that go to SB uh, go to Southern Baptist Convention and find out when when their meeting is and find out. I I had all that pulled up and. I eventually clicked it off. <laughs> and, of course, the National Baptist Convention uh, Christian Education Congress will be going on, and that will be happening in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and I I used to go to this one all the time, both at the local district, the state, and the national. I've gone a couple times to the national. I loved it, man. It was always fun. I met a lot of my... Some of my still my good buddies is preaching preaching buddies uh, at these meetings and it's wonderful and uh, you know they, they have they have good preaching, they have good teaching they have a lot of stuff going on and uh, what's interesting is that the Baptist Church is the Black Baptist Church is is becoming self-reflective you know trying, be more diverse but they they still have a long long way to go They while they they have a group of them accepting you know women in ministry women pastors and things like that it's still not at the national level uh you still have some who you know are still very control uh conservative uh religiously but you know that's one of the meetings that's going on uh to God in Christ uh, auxiliaries in ministry, uh, music, uh, Sunday school, the uh, uh, missionaries, uh, I think mothers or something like that, mothers and missionaries. Anyway, that's a big meeting. Uh, matter of fact, that meeting now has become just as well attended as their uh, national convocation, their, their denominational congregation. uh, congregation, you're going to see uh, wherever they hold it, (laughs) I I, I think it's Cincinnati, somewhere, wherever they hold it, it's always a bunch of people always, I mean tens of thousands go there because you're going to see and you're going to hear the latest gospel music, uh, some of the uh, more popular trending Preachers, you're gonna hear all that. That you know, it, it, it's always a uh, and a uh, boy, you're talking about fashion, yeah, you're gonna see that definitely. Gonna see fashion, a whole lot of controversy, too. But eh, it comes with territory. And lastly, but not least, the great African Methodist Episcopal Church celebrating 200 years, uh, as, as a connectional body. and yeah. It's a wonderful thing to be a, to be a participant in that. I'll be as, serving as a delegate and working in several committees uh, during that particular meeting. Oh Well, at least one committee. And uh, uh, I lost my train of thought there because I thought I messages got distracted. Uh, that, this is historic in so many ways because this this embodies the liberating movement of black people in America, not just not just in the spiritual sense, but when you when you look at what Richard Allen and others did to bring this denomination to life, to bring together all those churches that some uh, in, in similar circumstances face discre- racial discrimination by white Methodists. And bring these bodies together as a black denomination is amazing, and uh, to this day has been the one of the leaders, if not the leading proponent of social justice and social action in these great United States of America. So I'm I'm excited about being part of that. If nothing else, I ain't gonna have time to eat or sleep. But hey, <laughs> it's always great to be a part of that. Um. Uh, when I think about my my church convention experience from the days of my youth until uh, this current moment, I, I, I think about how it shaped my religious ideology. Because again, having been exposed, having come to to salvation in the Baptist Church, come to preaching. In the Baptist Church, yet having been exposed to the uh, the Church Universal, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, the Episcopal Church, uh, the Pentecostal uh, Church, both the Church of God in Christ and Pentecostal and Apostolic movements, and now in the broader Methodist uh, Methodist uh, Reformation, I, I I see how it has affected my ideology where where you know it shaped how I how I interact with my fellow brethren, how empathetic and sympathetic I am towards what they're wrestling with as well as my preaching. I, and why I stand in a liberating preaching uh, what some would call you know liberation theology uh Perspective of preaching Because I I, I I See from all The breadth and depth Of my religious experience That eventually it all Leads to being Liberated The whole point of most of these meetings It you know particular, I, let, let me give you an example When Paul Morton Bishop Paul Morton When he had the desire to exercise in the spiritual gifts, the charismata, within the constraints of the National Baptist Convention. Some were like, okay, you can do it. But the more acclaim he got, you know, others were like, look, man, just sit your tail down. But they couldn't deny that whatever he was doing was not only causing his church to grow, but causing other pastors to, you know, to grow. And, and so he... he he didn't really break off. You know, he never really stopped being Baptist. It was just fellowship. But it morphed over the last 20 odd years. It's morphed into something greater than he could have imagined. You know, it's within its own right. Should can be considered a, a denomination. Uh, although some may not say, you know, and they uh, have not called it that is it's fellowship. It's largely a fellowship because most of the churches don't have the full Gospel Baptist uh, moniker. Some are just Christian centers or fellowships or whatever you want to call it, but they are affiliated with this particular uh, movement. And you think about how transformative in the last uh, 20-odd years that movement has been over uh black evangelical Christian. And you think about you think about um where these communions are wrestling with. As I mentioned earlier, you know, there are a lot of uh within our our communion, the Methodist church, the Episcopal Church, you see them wrestling. You see us wrestling with this this agenda. Uh and while these other conventions may never deal with them, although there is coming to light some some in the the, the Cody church, but not 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 too much but you see the need for these conventions, not just for the fellowship but to also help reinforce the belief system now sometimes there may be negative reinforcement that comes with territory, you know, we're gonna affirm what we believe and we're gonna hold on to that and we're gonna stand our ground and not cause any other, you know, let allow any other to affect what we believe. And and there, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I believe that some in some ways that's necessary. Uh, but you also see how when these bodies come together whether it's drawing up legislation to address specific issues or drawing up uh, legislation to uh, in, enable future growth for the body. You see how these conferences and these conventions are a necessary evil in some ways. And, and I think about <laughs> the, the Council of Jerusalem. When Silas, when they... They needed people to go out, and they had fasted and prayed. And they they set themselves apart, and as a body they met. Didn't say how long they met, but this is the original church convention. At the council of Jerusalem met, and they fasted and they prayed, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and set apart Barnabas and Silas and all these brothers to go out and do missionary work. And we see the results of that even now, 2,000 years later. And while you don't see the sanctioning of Christ uh, emphatically in that, you see the sanctioning of the Spirit when he says set apart. And they, they, they lay hands and they empower them to go out and do the gospel work. And that's what these meetings are for. If these meetings hold true to what they are organized to do other than carry out the business of that particular reformation, if they hold to what they are called to do, they will be empowering people to go out into the world, not on behalf of the denomination, the reformation, the communion, or whatever it may be, but in the name of Christ to go forth and do the ministry. And that is life-changing life-changing in more ways than, than one, there's still a very, 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 very full mission field in local mission, in the state and national mission, mission and in global mission. And it's our obligation, when we meet, not to reinforce what we believe, and some will do. Some will do. But to engage, not just what we believe, but in, engage how what we believe is affecting not only our our, local, our personal belief, but the in body, the body belief. How is it affecting their belief? How is it affecting their behavior? If we're meeting and we're, we're presenting legislation and things that. Empowering to people And liberating to people Will that liberation and empowerment Be Go forth After the meeting is going Or will it just stay Within the constraints of The minutes of the last meeting Nothing wrong with meeting Nothing wrong with conventions and conferences But if it's not empowering If it's not promoting the gospel If it's not changing and affecting the personal as well as the conglomerate. I don't even know if I use that word right. <laughs> but if it's not affecting the the local, the personal, as well as the uh, communal body. The church universal. the wrong, The Catholic church. Not the Roman Catholic church, but the church universal. The Catholic church. If it's not affecting that, then yes, they are meaningless. So... I hope you have your best conference season wear ready to go. Mothers, I hope you have your hats ready. Preachers, I hope you have your best suits ready and your best shoes. If you ain't got a pair of gaiters, maybe you want to pick one up so you can look good. (laughs) But whenever and whatever which one you'll go to, if you go to one, you know, remember what it's all about. It's not just about Promoting the good of their local denomination. It's about promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we should be about. Well, I'm out of time. But again, I thank you for joining us. Again, as we head into the Memorial Day weekend, take the time to give thanks to God to those who gave their life for our liberties. And we should never forget them. We should never forget them. We should honor them. Uh, and for those, well, we'll do that on Veterans Day. You know, they're still alive. But we need to do more for it as much as we can. Um, one more thing before I go. I have a brother who has a pastor. He's uh, he's a church planner, and He's planted churches like myself overseas, Uh of the church in Malawi, Africa, that's been growing and empowering and helping shape that nation and its people. And if you're not, if you don't think it, robbery, I want you to take this moment to go out and visit um, Brother Henry Joseph and uh, his ministry, his daughter's efforts to help provide food for Malawi. There's, you know, there's a lot going on in that country. And there's plenty of ways that you can support his ministry. And um, go to generosity.com, and you'll see support food from Malawi. And if you don't think it's a robbery, make a donation, whatever you can, to support that ministry there. Uh, Do whatever you can to support local food banks, local uh, clothing banks here, uh, you know, in your area, because there is a need, and if God has blessed you, with resources, please help. And, and especially as we go into the summer month, uh, many many kids, you know, in the urban areas in particular, they don't get their their meal. Uh, some skip, don't get food during the summer. Yeah, it's, it's tough. While we, there are some term feeding programs, but do what you can, do whatever you can to help whoever you can, make a difference in this land. That's all I'm asking. So take it out of here because. You know, I'm about to kick off my birthday weekend. (laughs) So I'm having a great time this weekend. I hope that you have a great time this weekend. And again, do all, whatever you do in word and deed, do all to the glory of God. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm going to get out of here. Happy weekend. Happy birthday to me. Y'all have a great time. Blessings.